People are trying to say that Luis Suarez may be joining Inter Miami next year. It's just crazy to think that like the left back on that team is probably like some 23 year old kid from Indiana that's making like 85k, and it's like he's just like laying through balls into freaking Leo Messi. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wheel Route Podcast. This is my legitimate conversation amongst friends and lovers about college football and lifestyle. You can find us on the internet at www.thewheelroute.com. It's wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com to send us emails. You can get the show from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Pod Center, Stitcher, etc. And we also are on Instagram occasionally at Wheel Route Podcast. The DMs are open, so fire away. My name is Logan Whitehouse, coming to you guys from Stewart, Florida, where, you know, we might say fall has fallen. 71 degrees this morning, greeted us, brisk candidies, thought about busting out uh, the, the Q-zip, but not quite time yet. Um, also, there was a large crab on my back porch the other evening, um, the Florida land crab, an actual real thing. Jordan, you'll be happy to know the season starts November 1st for Florida Land Crabs, 30-a-day limit. So, Oh, so he's out of season. He's out of season. He got lucky, is what, is what I'm saying. Yes, absolutely. I'm on Twitter at log, at log one the dawn. by the way. Who else is here? My name is Jordan Shank. I am in Harrisonburg, Virginia, where it was a cool, crisp, windy at times fall weekend. Um, I'm on Twitter.com, at ShankJordan. Guys, I think I may have sent this to you a while back in the group text, but I was watching the Kansas City Chiefs-Minnesota Vikings game this afternoon. Hmm. It's, it still shocks me that the Vikings are still handing out number 84 to just anybody yeah. to wear. Who wears it, it, it now? So it the guy good? who wears it now, his name is Josh Oliver. He is a fifth-year tight end out of Fresno State. Mm. Yeah, that is that is curious. Maybe things didn't end well there, so there's not good vibes. Who's to say? Yeah, certainly not me. But. I mean, for that matter, they have a couple of receivers that they could probably have retired numbers. Chris Carter, not exactly uh, anyone to sneeze at either. Sure. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I do, I do know that uh... – Football numbers get retired much less often because of the number rules back in the day, and there's only so many numbers and players. So right, but I feel like as number rules have relaxed, yes, and become more flexible. I hope we see an uptick. Do any teams have retired numbers? It might not. You might not be allowed to. Are we just talking out of our? It's very possible. We do that pretty. I often. mean, I like. I have similar feelings for like. Uh, you know, Derek Wingo, outside linebacker for the University of Florida, wearing number 15. It's oh, like, yeah. Ton of, ton, of, ton of retired numbers in the NFL. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Let me see so who Minnesota. That has been in my craw for a while. Chris Carter. Chris Carter's number is retired. Yeah. Hmm. Um, as is Alan Page, which is well before either of us were around. But uh, All right, yeah. well, good, good to know. Weird. Thank you, Jordan, for bringing that up. Maybe we can get yeah. the GoFundMe fired up, and we'll uh, 
we'll we'll, con the wheel, we'll put the wheel, full power of the wheel route consortium behind that. And all of our sponsors. Right. Absolutely, definitely. New market. I appreciate culture. everybody. Brands are coming for right. you guys. <laughs> I appreciate everybody bearing with us as we uh, try to figure out if the most profitable sports league in the world retired numbers. Um, I mean, for sure. I know. They do have like your to your point, Jason. Weirdly, like prescriptive number rules for a while. Yeah. So they did. They did. So, uh, anyways, Let's my name is Jason Crick. Who are uh, you? I've been, I've been talking for a bit. I am. <laughs> I is Jason Crick. Um, I'm also in the friendly city of Harrisonburg, Virginia, where yeah, I, I think I think fall has fallen in Harrisonburg. It was. It's like uh, I believe the heat came on in my house last night. Ooh. Um, it smelled good in there, didn't it? Yeah, that's how I had. Yep, <laughs> I love when that day. happens. Um, burnt <laughs> off the dust a little bit. and yeah, The burning uh, skin cells. Yeah. Your heritage but just up in flames. I will say it, there was a, uh, like, uh, downtown Harrisonburg had, like, uh, an outdoor festival that has, you know, costumes for the kids and all that stuff. And they've recently started doing, um, when they have these outdoor festivals downtown, they just open, they close off downtown and open it for, like, uh, you can carry booze around um, if you Love have a wristband and whatnot. And they've done it for pilot a pilot program. Say what? A little pilot program to turn into yeah. Charleston or, or Vegas. Yeah. We're, we're really, and everybody's followed the rules, Savannah. so I think it should happen. But um, it was perfect hoodie Henley weather on Saturday, just strolling around. And uh, for the Hberg Insiders, Smoking Scottish is back at. Uh, no free ads brewery downtown. Um, but yeah, just the, the just name a of the beer. Saturday, Very have. specific name of the beer. Certainly not to be Googleable. No, it's fine. Yeah, look it up. But yeah, just a delightful Saturday. Hmm. Excellent. Well, happy for you. Um, how are the baseball vibes, Jason? They're not great. And I, and I can't <laughs> lie to you, they're not great. Okay. All right. Um, listen, like, it, I, I tweeted it out, but like, I, I, the baseball playoffs are one pretty poorly designed um, because the people Fair. in charge of baseball pretty poorly design a lot of things. Um, and two, just a lot of luck, like best case scenario, if they're set up perfectly, it's still a lot of luck. Um, and so it's kind of a crapshoot. And the, the Orioles have, my Orioles have not played well the last, these two games over the weekend. They're down two nothing to the Texas Rangers. Um, yeah. If we get swept, we get swept. It happens. This has still been the most fun Orioles team uh, since I was in elementary school, for sure. So, um, and they're very young, and yeah. it'll be delightful. So I'm I'm trying not to worry about it. I worry about it much less when I am not able to watch the games. Um, the the brief I watched like the first five innings of today's game before I had to leave and go somewhere, and it was not enjoyable. But mm. um, they're an easy team to kind of just vibe with, and and they're also that nobody won, nobody in baseball won more road games than the Orioles. So maybe we just had to get outside of the outside of Charm City to get our legs under us, and we'll see. Yeah, people say the series doesn't start till the road team wins a game. So right. that, you know, as and far as I'm concerned, twice, that, so it that started series... twice. <laughs> so is it a double negative? It hasn't started. It, yeah, it went back to has not started. That's yet. what I'm saying. Like, as far as I'm concerned, it hasn't started yet. Right. Yeah. When you accidentally double toggle the pause button on Netflix and it keeps playing, anyways. So, <laughs> all right. Um, well, are you drinking your sorrows away, Jason? I am. Yeah. Natty Bo. Responsibly, of course. I have thrown it back yes. to a green bottled Dos Equis. 
Oh, I thought you were gonna say Rolling Rock. I was like, hell yeah, brother. Uh, or I, Mickey's. I just can't drinking freaking... straight Mickey's on the podcast, wide mouths. <laughs> oh god. I can't find Rolling Rock in Harrisonburg these days. It annoys me. It shouldn't. It's a delightful beer. It's not great. Of course, it's not great. It's also like twelve dollars. Relax. Well, yeah, but so is like Miller Lite, and that's just like a uh, that's just much better experience. Uh, it's a principle of the matter, Logan. Fair enough. All right, whatever. I have a. Uh, I'll jump in front of Jordan. Let you let Jordan go last this time. Um, I have a from Heretic, Heretic, Heretic Brewing Company. Um, this is uh, the Sounds make like a, a font name. The the Make America Juicy Again, New England style India Pale Ale. It's fine. It's pretty good. I don't Fairfield, wanna, Fairfield, California. I want to be clear. I'm like 99% sure it's heretic because that's an actual word. I know. Okay. I was heretical is the Heret- past tense. Heretic. Heret- <laughs> Anyhow, it's okay. Yeah. It's you know, as a, as a as a fan of the Juicy Boys. Whatever. Listen, I, as someone who has mispronounced words with their chest often, right? I respect it. Yep. Uh, I've got a pour of some bourbon tonight. The Who's are on the right side of the schneid, so we're going to celebrate. I have some Willet Pot Still Reserve that you can't really get in Virginia for some reason, but uh, shout out my younger brother, Evan, did some errand running for me on his trips over the summer and uh, brought back some inventory. So, Attaboy. Yeah. Did he score we... any other fun bottles? Yes, he did. Uh-huh. Uh, nice. Yeah. The uh, so that was the main one. That one, but the one that's way better is the Willet Family Reserve Four Year Rye, oh, okay. and that is really good. Mm. Hmm. So when you come up uh, in November, we may have to. Okay. May have to do a sampling. Twist my arm. Things. Twist my arm. Yeah. Love love to um, sample some things. Jordan, I think we've talked about this. Why? I, I've heard this from everybody, like Virginia is very tight on their bourbon. Is there a reason for that? Is it just because of the ABC stuff? Uh, mainly because of the ABC stuff, yeah. but also because the way the ABC allocates yeah. different inventory, they like set aside a percentage of, so like the state gets X amount of bottles from each distillery of each product. And then they have some ratio they apply that, okay, of this allocation that the state gets, we are setting aside whatever chunk for just bars, restaurants, et cetera. So the amount actually available to public individuals right. is lower than what the state gets from the distilleries to begin with. So Makes sense. Um- Unbelievably, the second time we've had this exact conversation in like the last like seven episodes. Well, for our new listeners, it's, back, it's good to know. I what, did I, what did I ask back. this exact question? No, we have definitely had this exact oh, conversation okay. very recently. No, but I because I, I had some anecdote from my brother, former beer no, distributor, insider, Buffalo insider info on the Buffalo Trace. I think we had it at, in terms of Buffalo Trace, but I think it applies to all the, the probably uh, while I was out all, in Vegas. All where the, that thing is everywhere. Yes, all the allocated <laughs> stock. Exactly. Okay. Keep it moving. Um, we don't need to talk Michigan State anymore. Do we think are we are we inching closer to any other jobs coming open on this beautiful college football season? This is week what six? It was week six. Yeah, yeah. we're halfway through. No one has really I can't been think can- of anybody. No one has really been fire. 
canned yet. I think Dana is is kind of dead man walking a little bit, but I don't know. I feel like in the same way that nobody is has looked awesome yet. It's like nobody that is supposed to be good or is on a hot seat has looked like butt yet. So I don't know. Think about Jim. You think Jimbo is 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 uh, edging closer to? I don't. A lot of guaranteed money. Yeah, he would have to really. Can we get a? Can we get a current quote on oil? Right now, what's yeah, crude? Like a, it's over $100 Jimbo is out for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll get um Bucky Perkins on it. He seems to he seems yeah. to have it have the uh He's play of the land. His finger is on the pulse. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Okay. Well, um, we did have a Justin Fuente live actual Justin Fuente update. Jason, thank you for sharing that. I did see yep. it make it across the timeline. He has uh, accepted a position as an analyst with Indiana football. So, you know, oh how the mighty yes. have fallen. Tight um, with back. their, I believe he's tight with their OC, whose name I'm blanking on at the moment. Rod Carey. It's not Jerry Kill, is it? That would be awesome. Didn't um, they fire their OC? Yeah, Rod Carey. Yeah, isn't Rod Carey like legendary, like cantankerous dude? Yeah, I he just he, he just got hired. Because he was the head coach. Rod Carey was the head coach at like one of the, like Mac schools, right? Anyhow, this is boy, yeah. we're really getting we're getting deep into it here. But Indiana football, um, this is what the people want to. They hear. did fire. I know Indiana fired their OC, and Rod Carey was either promoted or like brought in to be the new OC. Right. And uh, yeah, so he's the substitute offensive coordinator. I think Indiana would be on the list for head coach firing, but I think that there is a like large buyout situation there that is sort of unwarranted given the scope of that job. And uh, so I think he'll be staying around. I Clearly, I know his name. I've said it several times on this podcast. So. still Tom Allen? It is. Thank you, Jason. Yeah. But, all right, well, we'll, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll continue to see what's happening. We are monitoring the situation. Um, so do you think that all hell breaks loose? And do we think that there's a real realistic chance that maybe this is Saban's last year? I don't know. I mean, I mean I, he seems like the kind of guy that would want to like go out on top, but like I don't necessarily see a path to them like definitely being better than Georgia at any point in the next like handful of years. I think he would like to give it a couple more tries. Yeah, sure. I think I think he wants to beat Georgia in the national championship at least one more time, and then it wouldn't shock me if well, he don't we all? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, fair. It wouldn't surprise me if he dipped out immediately after that. Do we think Saban is the kind of guy who would make it known, like at the beginning of the year, this is my last year, this is the successor? Because like recruiting yeah. implications are super real. Sure. Yes. Of like Saban. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know left. who would. I, I mean, it's easy to say like I don't know who would want that job, but like that is that's a job to take. I mean, Ron Zook ain't walking through that door. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be weird for whoever takes over at, for Nick Saban. I think, even if they're I, like a Nick Saban disciple, like unless it's Kirby Smart. Yeah, that would be yeah, wild. which would it. be I, hilarious and wild. Be wild. But... <laughs> um, I I don't think he I don't think he does it before the season. I think I'd be well. I don't know. I think if he did that, people would negative recruit against it the whole time. And like, it would be like, yeah. I almost think you have to just like not say anything and then just, yeah, just let, let all hell break loose. I think it'll, I think it'll be like the middle of, it'll be like the first week of February and right after just, everyone signs their NLI. Right. And he'll just dip out and mm. 
You can find me at the lake house. It'll be whenever whenever the missus says go. It'll, Brian Kelly. And then Brian in, in strides Brian Kelly. Mm-hmm. The savior. It would be the best. Would love that for all involved. I think we should probably try to contemplate who would be the funniest possible relate like replacement. Dion. Oh, Dabo. I, it's either Dabo or Jimbo for sure. <laughs> Jimbo would be Jimbo hilarious. Would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be. I mean, the, the guy has to be a legendary interviewer if he can yeah. if he could pull that off, right? Um, Dan Mullen. I chose to lose <laughs> Coach Saban out of respect. Yes. All of those years. Yeah, yeah, I think I should be rewarded. For <laughs> I don't know. It is wild. So, all right. Well, let's get to some games. Um, yeah. I don't really think that I I didn't really think this was going to be like. I mean, there was a couple primo matchups on the docket. Other than that, seemed to be a bit of a ho hum week. And love the love a ho hum week because they always surprise us in the in the best ways, good and bad. William and Mary was at UVA. The who's the who's finally did it. It wasn't without a little bit of consternation and some, some tight sp- moments. Angst, some tight moments. angst. And, I saw yeah. a thir- was it thirteen to three William and Mary at one point in the second quarter. Yeah, I think so. And uh, and Tony Musket had the boys rolling until I tuned in for one play and saw him throw a pick in the end zone and then decided <laughs> not to watch any more of the game. And uh, <laughs> thank no, you for your service. I, I did actually circle back around and check some things out. Good to see the who's. Uh, come away victorious. Was it 27 to 13 final? It was. They there covered. They've been covering a lot of spreads this year. <laughs> so that's not, good. Not that I can do anything about it. Good to know. It's good. Communist that, Commonwealth. Right. It's good that Virginia was a less than 15 point favorite to a one double A school. That's good. That's a, a sure sign of the, the program is headed in the right program headed in the right direction, but they did cover great teams cover. We've been over this. Um, did you watch it all Jordan? I did. Um, Bless you. Good for you. Yeah, they uh, they established the run. Which... Like you said, you said that was going to happen. Maybe not in the order that you said it was going to happen, but. Yeah, I th- so I think, like, it gave us a glimpse, us as UVA fans or sicko observers, um, a glimpse of, like, oh, this offense has some promise if the ball can be run somewhat effectively. Um, I don't know that you can count on that running game showing up in ACC play or yeah against any other out of conference opponents either. Like they they didn't run the ball like that against JMU. Um, so it's it puts you in a real pickle of like, well yeah maybe I shouldn't be so hard on Des Kitchens and his play calling sometimes, but at the same time like. The lack of run game is not new to UVA, so you would hope that to this point something would have been developed as like, okay, here's something we can work with because we know we can't run the ball the way we want to. But yeah, win is win. Um, some some fortuitous video review uh, decisions were made. But that you know, the home team is the home team. Sometimes that's home field advantage. Unless you play uh, at Hard Rock Stadium, evidently. So, yeah. Well, we'll get to that. But. <laughs> we absolutely will. Um, yeah. No. I mean, good. Good for UVA. Like I said, I think uh, Virginia's offensive line probably isn't where they needed to be to do what they want to do. Uh, I think that's probably the case for 
most schools that are struggling on offense, if your offensive line is better, it makes kind of everything that you want to do a go a lot better. So, um, yeah, so we'll see if they can continue to develop. Um, you know, hopefully this is something to build off of, but got to think there's some tough sledding ahead of, of the hoops. So good for them. Could be. Uh, I forgot Mike London was the head coach of William and Mary, but he had the chain going on the sideline heavy. That was cool to see. Um, just nice to see him over there squinting in the sun again. Uh, you know, hands on knees. He's still With got the M frames. He, he's still he's got the guy that, that rocks the well, and he was a cop, so that those are cops. He, was, he was a cop, yes, absolutely. He was a cop, yes, yeah, man. It's crazy. You should hear, you should hear his stories. The, the his story of his first desk pop it was wild. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. All <laughs> right, <laughs> Washington State at UCLA. Yet again, I took in. None of this, unfortunately. To be fair, we could not. That's right. We could not. We probably went over it. But uh, I think UCLA escaped here. Um, I don't know. Good for UCLA. Yeah. So they – I saw, like, some brief snippets on various other – I pieced together, like, probably a third of the game from various highlights elsewhere. But UCLA's defense might be good, which is a wild thing to say. I don't know. They gave up 14 points to Utah. So, Fair. Um, uh, the only highlight I saw was they gave up a pick six to Utah. To be to be clear, one of the scores was seven points to Utah. They gave up seven. They gave up pick six to Washington State as well. Hey, and it was a violent, like <laughs> threw it directly in the center of his trunk, hey. the leaping blitzer. Dude, oh yeah, credit, yeah, that was cool. He vacuumed that thing up and just took off with it. Yes. Yeah, it was like disorienting with the camera because you couldn't tell. Like usually, that's just like a knockdown, and like you know, things right, kind of go slow. Careens like yeah. thirteen yards yeah. behind the quarterback. Oh, it's yeah. still there. A lot of um, a lot of aggressive like interception throwing this weekend as well, which was yeah. also good to see. <laughs> just it was peak college football week. Like we are definitely in the some of these teams need a buy. Like we're running with some thin squads here, and like the quarterback, you know, quarterbacks are really just stepping into some throws and letting it sing. Well, yeah, I think we're deep enough into the season now where quarterbacks have. If- the, irras- the point of like, the irrational confidence. Oh, I know the system. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I've got five weeks under my belt. No. Time to let this puppy home. Right. And boy, boy did it. Yeah. In a lot of games. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, um, Washington State only had 216 yards in this game. Yeah, you see that. That's a, that's a fun offense. Like Stifled. You know. Yeah. Swallowed them All up. Right. One day I'll watch a Pac-12 game when it's available to me. I I, I truly am excited. I like to watch Pac-12 football, but it's always fun. It's, you know, it's very fun. All right. Speaking of fun, Marshall, NC State, the MJ Morris show got off to a, uh, a I guess a good start. I saw a 48-41 final score here for NC oh, State. I believe it got off to a rough start and then recovered to do a good start. Um, well, yeah, but I mean, sure. The start of the start wasn't good, but the net yeah. start was was fine. It's not how you start; it's how you finish. Um, the, how you finish the start. Often said yes, right. Between this and the um, Louisville action, we will talk about later. That game that we did just sat did, through. Were we the, the only ones? Night. Were we the only ones who watched so that saying, game? Feels like, like a fever that? dream. I'm not positive it actually happened. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Marshall's good and has a good defense and and all yeah. this stuff. And we got to remember Marshall's coach as. A guy that could be on the move, Charles Huff, a candidate, Charles Huff. Yes. yeah, just well, yeah. He, I mean, he was one. getting 
tossed around when Virginia and Virginia Tech were both open. Yep. Right. It would have been tough for him at Virginia as a as a recruiter guy, unless he like you know made some sick hires and they were just slanging that thing, which would well, be maybe sweet. that's what they need. Who's to say? Could have been nice. Yeah. Who's to say? Uh, I'm open to to that interpretation as well. Um, <laughs> I didn't watch any of this, unfortunately, but uh, I did hear Brendan Armstrong came in a couple times and just gets like lustily booed by the crowd whenever he enters the game, which sucks. Oh, I, no. that, that's kind of a, a bad scene. Um, I think their what their their defensive captain came out. Oh, like yeah. in a press conference, white like, linebacker hey, number white, white linebacker number eleven circled back to the mic after his press yeah. avail and like like let the uh, let the fans have it for booing Brennan Armstrong, which is you know good to see. But yeah. um, it's what you want out of your yeah. Captain. But also, I just I can't take that guy seriously. Ever since Anthony Calandria like seriously dropped him with one of the filthiest like basketball style crossovers ever uh, in the middle of the game. So um, Peyton, his name is Peyton. Yeah, why Peyton? All right. Shout out to Peyton Hillis. This game, original. Bama at Texas A&M, not a pick game for us. Um, <laughs> curious enough, but uh, a hard-fought SEC battle, I suppose. Um, what would you guys? What you guys? Where are you guys on on these teams? <laughs> because I I don't know what to think about Alabama still, but they're kind of like tripping over themselves and like ramshackling together wins in like a very un-Alabama way, and it's like yeah. that's kind of scary in a way. But that's, also... that's exactly what I was going to say. It's like <laughs> okay. it, weirdly, that makes me less like more disconcerted than if they were just hammering people. Um, but yeah, it just it. It feels like Nick had to like back his program up a decade, and he's like reteaching them how to be. I don't know. It's, well, it's a very kinda, weird kind of trying to, but at the same time, like they can't get snaps off without false start. Like they yeah. had like five straight false start penalties yeah. had, at one point. I thought three he was straight going, in the fourth quarter is wild. Yeah. I thought he was gonna come out on the field and yeah. like just execute someone. Oh, yeah, we texted like uh, sucks with the guy in the hotel room later tonight. Like he's he not was gonna so mad. Yeah, um, but. So. Yeah, so Alabama gets the win, kind of like weirdly pulled away from Texas A&M in like the middle of the third quarter, and then just kind of sat on the lead. It was, uh, or in the I guess third, probably into the fourth quarter, and sort of sat on a, a two score, or was it a two score lead? Um, so it was they were they were losing at halftime. Texas right. A&M was up at halftime, and then yes. Alabama scored two touchdowns in the third quarter, right, um, to take the lead. And then yeah, in the process of doing that, that's when they kind of suffocated. Like Texas A&M only had their like last minute field goal in the second half. Like they just kind of suffocated them and yeah. Alabama got a hilarious safety um, where yes, yes. Max Johnson was, I mean, fully horizontal six inches off the ground and like actually got some oomph behind a throw. And, but um, yeah, it was a good thing you get too, too much oomph behind it. Cause that, that is the easiest pick six of your life. If that, like, like oh, the, yeah. the, the, the Brendan arm, like, sorry, Brendan Armstrong to bring you back into the conversation here, but the, <laughs> the perspective yeeting of the ball, like just like into no man's land rarely goes well. Um, but well, yeah. I think like part of it was he had spent so much of the day diagonal, yeah. like he hung into the pocket to his yeah. credit. He stood in the pocket. He made some throws. Yes. Got some throws off. <laughs> yes. Um, so I think he was so accustomed to that orientation at that point. He was like, yeah, I can get it off. <laughs> this is my, this his, my natural his, his onboard gyroscope was just like, oh, um, yeah, just calibrate. Yeah, as, as evidenced by a couple video clips traded in our group text, the Texas, left side of the Texas A&M line did not enjoy their day. Yeah. No. Um, I don't think either offensive line really enjoyed their day. Like yeah. Alabama just like hit a couple. 
Right. And so I, I think that's that's still a problem. It's still a concern for Alabama, yeah. for sure, um, that they can't they can't protect like they used to when they were just traipsing people. Um, but it was, I think, probably encouraging to see their defensive line play at that level, because I don't think Texas A&M probably doesn't have you know, world beaters on the offensive line, but Alabama hasn't gotten pressure like that in a while um, this season. So I think yeah, that's I think probably encouraging. Quietly, Alabama's defense has been pretty effective this year. And yeah. they, um, yeah, I mean, it's probably nice for, you know, we, we make jokes about Saban and the team and everything, but it's probably nice for them to be able to lean on that side of the ball um, as their Jalen, quarterback situation continues to, like, try to advance. But, I mean, Milrow threw for, like, 320 yards in this game. Yeah, Jalen Milrow um, looked, looked pretty decent. He, like, he also had the Jalen Milrow experience where he, I think he, like, missed a wide-open pass. And yes. then the very next play just dropped one into the bed bread basket for, like, 50 uh, yards. So, there was one where there was like the uh, the corner wasn't out covering the receiver and he just tried to like throw hot to Burton and he threw oh. it like halfway to him. It, it was, was well, it was when they were trying to run the clock out. Yes, yes. They were, also trying to do, they were also trying to do that. And yeah, just, they like, were trying to run the clock out and like the receiver was uncovered. So like you kind of have to respect the like, oh, we'll steal five quick yards here. Yeah, he threw a, a 10 yard pass about it's like four the yards curveball, the curveball that just gets a little like, yeah, it's up there, just kind it's, of, yeah it right. happens you know. um, but he's he, like but no i mean he looks fine and he looks like he's getting better and hopefully whatever it had to be some behind the scenes stuff hopefully that's yeah. cleared up and so i don't know like, some some classic jimbo fisher clock uh game management situations in this game yeah, he, there was a, he had a, a wild punt there was a punt on like fourth and short from the plus territory, 45 territory, yeah. down. Aren't you down like 10 at the point at point or uh, the end of the game? Like they, they're sort of, they basically like lost a minute of game time, like farting around trying to get in the end zone towards the end of the game and ended yeah. up kicking a field goal anyway. And it was just, kind of like just it was just not, not, not a crisp performance. Um, yeah. By, by the coach. I am very curious who like the what the decision matrix looks like between him and, and Bobby Petrino because they go through phases where they look like pretty capable on offense and then they kind of like it still seems like they are just like so conservative, Narduzzi-ish at times that like I don't know like are you gonna win a game? I mean you gotta try to beat Alabama, right? So maybe you should at a certain point you need to go for a fourth and two, you know, from plus territory. Like you just got to do it. I like to imagine that the uh, the headsets, Jimbo's got an override on his. <laughs> that's like the student driver car, where it's like <laughs> the instructor can take over. And once the offense gets rolling, Jimbo's just like, okay, my time to get credit now. And he yeah. flips the switch, and only he can talk to Max Johnson. <laughs> um, and then things just sandbag down but it doesn't notify Petrino Petrino still calm plays in like, yeah he's on still his talking own. Like, he's like why he's aren't they running doing, the plays he's just freaking doing out the, like Creed Bratton into the word document like <laughs> typing in plays not Creed thoughts slash Creed yeah. thoughts doc. <laughs> does um has any does Petrino call the plays from the booth I, thought, I feel like I've seen him clips okay. of him up in the booth. I feel like okay. if he wasn't on the booth, he and Jimbo would like be there would be fisticuffs. They would have they would have one hundred percent been like a like a Trent Dilfer esque style like oh, they would put that screaming into at each other. Like I can't be that's, on the same side. Like, that's probably no. true. I would. You know what? I would love that. A Trent. It might be. Sort of it might be in his contract. 
Trent, Trent Dilferesca, uh, freaking dust. Did you guys up. see the clip from last week yeah. that yes. I texted about? Yeah. He, was, he was lighting somebody up. It was, the they had just gotten coach. a 12 men on the field mm. on the punt. I'm familiar. I'm, I'm familiar with that game. Yeah. <laughs> gave, uh, gave the opponent a first down on like fourth and four for illegal substitution. Miami had to the Dolphins had to burn a challenge today because the refs called them for twelve men on the field yes. when they were running a guy off and they actually were running off the eleventh guy. guy and they only they were going to leave ten on the field. That's a ridiculous thing you have to burn a challenge on. Also, yeah, well they got to retain it because they were right. Oh, I guess that's how it works. But it is wild that Do you get like... infinite challenges in the NFL if you never get one wrong. I think. Oh, I thought you only got like. I think you only get two, two, but I'm not 100% on that. Regardless, but you lose a timeout if you're wrong. But Anyhow, who cares? it's wilder that the official just saw someone running off and was like, oh, right. I need to Well, and they that. talked about it for a long time, too. I mean, what is that conversation? Was there 11 or was there 12? I don't know. Well, it may have know. been like, can we review this on video? I don't, yeah. Nobody's ever challenged this. <laughs> We've never got this wrong this bad before. Yeah. Can this we get problem? New York on the phone real quick? <laughs> Roger? All right. Um, well, anyhow, Alabama kind of weirdly in the driver's seat in the SEC West now. So the more things change, the more they stay the same. Um, LSU, we'll talk about them, dodged a little bit of a bullet. So they're probably still have a, a pulse, but uh, I don't know. They don't They don't seem like a complete squad. Uh, let's go. Speaking of incomplete squads, Vanderbilt was at Florida. It was homecoming in the swamp. And the Gators, home. the home Gators showed up and did, did what they needed to do. Um, wasn't without some sort of choppy, dubious play calling in the first couple quarters. Uh, did any of you guys see the <laughs> the double reverse pass that got intercepted? Um, Florida no, was like squarely in the zone and like they were up seven or 14 to nothing and kind of really ramming the ball down Vanderbilt's throat. Vanderbilt's not very good. And, um, you know, a lot of conversation this week has been about Florida not having any deep shot ability and Florida was you could tell Napier was trying his damnedest to get a playoff. Like just throw one to one time. But yes, instead of letting the quarterback Graham Mertz do it, um, they ran like a, a gadget play. <laughs> and I mean, the dude was wide open and the, the, uh, the receiver throws like the most lollipops straight in the air. Like the thing hung up in the air forever. And just the safety just hawks it from 30 yards away and picks it off and runs out of bounds. And it was just, you know, the vibes kind of came down because I think Vanderbilt scored after that. So Florida farted around a little bit. Vanderbilt um, scored on like an 80. It was kind of similar to the uh, to the Utah game. There was like a 85 yard touchdown pass um, right after that interception. Actually, that happened. Oh, I did see that. Like the the DB, the DB got his gave up on the play because yes. he got his face mask like ripped. On. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not a good look to just totally give up on the play like that. I'm gonna be honest. Jason he gave Mar- up on it multiple times. Jason Marshall has not had the best year. Um, former five star kid, like kind of gets the benefit of the doubt as being like gonna get drafted guy, and uh, maybe should. Maybe should uh, try to put, to put oh, some better film. Yes, there. yes, yeah, yeah. I think he was the guy who gave up the big play against uh, Utah as well. Um, has had a couple unfortunate things go against him. Now, listen, was it a penalty? Sure, but I don't think like you just like not running after the play is a good look. Florida took care of business. They ran the ball well. They were down multiple starting offensive linemen, and ETN did not play. And I think Montreal Johnson had like 160 and a couple touchdowns and. Uh, backup tight end Arliss Boardingham had a couple touchdowns. Just good to see. Florida had the full repertoire. Jordan, you'll be happy of the like 
get the defense going one way, roll out easy throws to like the tight end dragging. Oh, into I the watched. Flat. Yeah. There's a, was... a lot of that. It was a heavy dose of that. And honestly, if Florida can run the ball, that like their offense works really well. But you won't go broke making a profit. I've that is times on NFL <laughs> games today. Yes, of course. But, that, that, and, but that's kind of the, I think that's what sort of gets me a little bit is um, when that stuff is shut down, then you still end up running the same plays to yeah. try it. Cause those are your passing. <laughs> and like when you need to run your passing plays, I was like, McElwain used to do this a lot. Like it'd be third and 18 and they'd go like heavy play action. Like anybody's biting on the play action on, on, on third and 18. So um, anyhow, go Gators uh, Vanderbilt. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the, I don't know what the outlook is on Vanderbilt. Like to, to Clark Lee's credit, credit, he went for some fourth downs. Like, yes. He, he coached to win the game. Uh, they didn't, but he he was aggressive when the opportunities presented themselves. I don't think they have the Jimmys and Joes. Though, no. So like. And they, they're dealing with, I think, some pretty significant injury issues in their secondary and linebacking core as well. So um, tis the season for injuries for sure. Did you catch the at the end of the game the um, the heartwarming tale of how one of Clark Lee's children travels with him to every away game? No, I didn't. They, they cut to like they just like <laughs> they just like zoomed in. There's like a little girl sitting in a chair by herself, like playing oh, on an iPad, like on the sideline. And they're like they're they're really selling it, like it's a really heartwarming story. And it's like, you know, maybe yeah, we maybe we could have got her like before she completely lost interest and was just sitting in like a folding like a folding chair, watching um, Paw Patrol. Yes, on, on the iPad. yes, something of that nature. Right, right. So, um, anyhow, all right, we'll keep it going. UCF at Kansas. I think UCF gacked it up. It looked like Kansas uh, rolled. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think John Rice Plumley. 51 22. Yeah. John Rice Plumley started and then I think was subsequently knocked out of the game. The Jason Bean experience is up and running at Kansas. UCF He's, seems uh... to be, UCF seems to be struggling a little bit with uh, maybe, maybe some, some schedule depth situations. Who yeah. Who could have seen when that they coming? scheduled the Kansas game, they probably didn't think, "Oh, we're going to get waxed." Like, well, I don't think they. they I don't think they scheduled they're, it. They're, 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 they're Big Twelve members now. Yeah. Oh, that's right. So yeah. Apologies they, to UCF, an original Big Twelve member. I mean, that's last right. week they got they got they gave up like a thirty-two point lead to Baylor. Yeah. Which is tough. A tough look for this this Baylor team. Aranda yeah. is a guy that should be on the hot seat. Also. Do you um, think he moves before he gets canned? What do you mean? Like he just takes a job somewhere else, or... like USC's defensive coordinator position? It probably pays. Well, I don't know if it pays more than Baylor. <laughs> probably not, but I mean, it's probably not a not a. They're probably more fun. <laughs> probably, uh, ample opportunity for your team to play defense with USC is the offense. That's for sure. Um, so we got UCF, Houston, and Cincinnati joined. The Big 12 right. this year? And, and BYU. And BYU. Um, those four teams are a combined one and eight. In conference play. In conference play. And I think BYU's only win, uh, the Big 12 website is loading so slowly. Mm. Uh, There's too many teams. Too much B- traffic. BYU's only win is a win over Cincinnati at home. So, uh, Emory yeah. Jones and them boys. So, um, gonna look. Did the conference gonna be weird next year? 
It's going to be strange. Colorado's joining too, right? Are they joining next year or are they joining? How does that work? I don't remember their timeline. I know Texas and Oklahoma, I mean, this is their last year. Yeah, but isn't like Arizona and Colorado joining? And I think that's for what, next what's year. What's Arizona State up to? They're joining too. Colorado joining twenty four, twenty five. Arizona State and Arizona. I'm thinking. Arizona State, Arizona, and Utah. All they're all so they're all next year. Uh, so. Utah is ready. You know, Utah does not need any ramp up. They Utah's they invite people in. They invite people teams. into the trap. Yeah, come into the water. <laughs> alligator death roll ready to roll just baylor poor baylor is gonna like show up in in utah and just get <laughs> lose like They're 17 to breath s- by seven minutes of the first quarter <laughs> they're gonna lose 17 to 7 and it's just gonna be just one of the most thorough <laughs> kickings ever um all right uh good for kansas keeping it keeping yeah. it going yeah. um okay we got to talk about this georgia tech at miami game the piece the piece de resistance of the evening um, I mean, you know, the game itself left some things to be desired. I actually, I went to this game two years ago. I saw Jeff Sims and Jameer Gibbs just try their darndest to, uh, to, to lead Georgia Tech to a victory over a pretty unmotivated noon Miami crowd. Um, they were unable to do that. Spoiler alert. But uh, they got their revenge. <laughs> I think Georgia Tech has won this game at least once in recent memory. They beat Miami fairly recently. It might have even been last year, to be honest with you. Potentially. A signature win for the Brent Key experience. That may have been what helped him land the full-time game. That, that could be true. Georgia Tech um, lost like soundly last week to Scott Loeffler and the boys uh, at Bowling Green, as we discussed. Um, but yeah, uh, in a dogfight with Miami, I think return a kick for a touchdown in the second half. You're up. It's like 14 to 10 and like honestly it looked like Georgia Tech was kind of in control of the game weirdly. Miami couldn't do anything. I think Van Dyke threw three picks in the game. Miami also like just looking a little ridiculous in the all black like Tron uh jerseys. That was, that they were that was an ultimate you either love Miami or you don't love Miami's uniform choices. Yeah, I I I I'm usually down with the kind of like Miami nod to Art Deco thing that they do um, when like when they do like like the South like I think Miami the Heat's like South Beach jerseys are cool. Yes. Um, these didn't do it for me for whatever reason, but uh, yeah, I mean basically we just need to get to the end of this game here. So I believe there was 38 seconds left in the game. Um, Georgia Tech has no timeouts. Miami has the lead now. They have re- they have wrested the lead from yep. the uh, the pause of the the yellow jackets, whatever they are, the jackets, the bees. And um, all they need to do is run a play that is not a failure or take a knee. Um, they could have well, taken – it was fewer than 40 seconds left and Georgia Tech did not left. have – And it was, it was not down. fourth down. It was not fourth down. That is very important to this. Yeah. They decide to run a play, which we have come to learn is Mario Cristobal's thing. He does not take knees. He That's runs his plays. Um, and – uh, there's a Hasselbeck brother losing his mind in the booth, like going like, this is so Tim. dumb. They should not Tim. Tim was in the booth losing yeah. his mind. They should not be doing this. I was kind of rolling my eyes. Cause like, yeah, of course they shouldn't be doing this, but like, who cares? They're going to run a run play. Like whatever, Tim, like relax. And then all, and then it happens. There's a fumble. 
he may have been down. <laughs> Looked a lot like I think to me, down. like he was down. His elbow certainly seemed down, but I they called it a fumble on the field. And honestly, I think like the shadow darkness, black jersey, everything like together, you can't tell when the ball came loose, really. I mean, were also it, looked, like, it looked like he was down to me, but there were also like two separate camera angles where the moment the ball got ripped out, they were covered up by another person. Like <laughs> yeah, weird, it was it was like, passing through whatever disaster. got called on the field. Was for the stand, officials. Yeah, because they yes. didn't have the, the Miami fans were not happy with the official experience. Um, I got that evidently there was there was several calls that may have gone against the Canes. Um, usually this coincides with like being in a dogfight with Georgia Tech. Things like that, you know, tend to happen. Uh, at the same time, it's weird how that works. But uh, yeah, so anyhow, Georgia Tech gets the ball, and so it's like, all right, they got no timeouts. They got to go most of the length of the field. And again, Canes, it's Georgia Tech. It's, it's Haynes King and the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. It. Yes, a field goal will tie it. Um, and they had no time for the field goals. They complete a long pass. They clock it. I think they then complete. A well, they also so they started it by like doing basically what Jen, what Milro did, like just short hopping a receiver. Like wasn't even that close. <laughs> and so like seemed fine. And then the next play, I I think King. Like was kind of flushed out of the pocket and was a little bit desperate, and like floated it up and oh I mean, yes, yes, missed the cornerback's <laughs> fingertips by like three inches. The corner tries to high point it. The ball yeah. like, just like drops down, and the guy like basically catches it laying on his back right to the point that the Georgia Tech receiver was like kind of like thought it was getting tipped, so he kind of yeah. like uh he couldn't and get fell out down immediately. Yeah. yeah, he couldn't get out of bounds. Right. Yeah, and so they run up, they rush up, they spike it. Uh, I think they. Throw another incomplete pass. I don't think it was beautiful, the next play. Beautiful football all around. Oh, no, it was the very next play. They didn't. They didn't uh, make another incomplete because yeah. Then King gets flushed out of the pocket again, rolls to his right, and like then throws a beautiful pass and to a Georgia Tech receiver that the camera reveals is. <laughs> Yes. Six yards behind everybody on the Miami defense. <laughs> Excuse me. The dramatic um, camera reveal of the guy being just yeah. butt naked, wide open, yeah. like like angling away too. Like it was only I mean, the ACC a, network can give yes. you that experience. It was That's a beautiful right. throw, but also like that guy was very open, and he yeah. wasn't like running away. He was running like into the openness. Yeah. And uh, and then to make matters even more dubious, the guy does like a strange celebration thing where he like looks like, like he maybe baseball slides into like the sliding end zone. in the second base so, like, yeah he's in he's he's in the end zone celebrating like all hell's broken loose mario cristobal looks like like his dog has just died and then um and and then they have to go to a re- booth review to make sure this guy didn't deshaun jackson it and like <laughs> and and like drop the ball or slide at the one yard line yeah. for no reason anyhow he slid into yeah, the end where zone. You, if you slide it's where you start it's where you slide. start your slide yeah yeah well, if you're, if, 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 it's like if they dub that you were giving yourself up, then yes, which I would dub he maybe was. Yeah, you can make the case. <laughs> He's giving himself up to the end zone. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if he was like trying to do a nod at the Miami uh, celebration from earlier in the game, where the guy pat- paddled on the long part of one of the M's, like it was a surfboard, and then popped up and and surfed on it. It's kind of it's kind of a creative celebration, I suppose. I think um, he was just. They they asked him about it after the game, like, "What were you thinking when you were running, butt naked, <laughs> wide open?" He, literally, he was like, "I was thinking I didn't have a catch all game, and then I was about to have one." <laughs> just like, that's awesome. That's so beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> it was a very pure moment. I mean, yeah. it was great pandemonium. Um, 
the vibes the vibes had not really been up in Hard Rock Stadium the whole game. I think it was just kind of a dreary game. The field looked yeah. like hell. It looked really bad. It, it, looked weird, bad. it looked a lot better for the Dolphins game today, which was weird. Um, there were periods of rain showers during. Yeah. Yesterday. Okay. So yeah, it looked it just looked kind of like slick, and people were falling down and and all that. But uh, I mean, yeah. So one second left in the game, not really much going on. A very nonchalant, uh, pitchy pitchy woo woo performance by. Miami on the final play, just if anybody wants to ever see, like it really like kind of just like went out with a fart. So yeah, I mean, absolute coaching malpractice by, by, by Mario and the boys, his press conference afterwards was a real debacle to use Jason's word. Um, Did not go well for him. He, you know, kind of doubled down on like, he didn't think he did anything wrong. And then he said they should have knelt it. And like, he was, he was all over the place. It was, I'm sure the guy was, dealing with oh, a lot his of head must have been I'm sure spinning. he was feeling a lot of things but uh, Jay, uh Jordan you revealed to us that this is uh not the first time that this near exact thing has happened to a Mario Cristobal coach team uh which is hilarious so I mean yeah they so when he was at Oregon and had one Justin Herbert at quarterback uh they were on pace to upset number seven Stanford um Stanford did have a timeout they were in second and two they handed the ball off, and the redshirt freshman fumbled. Stanford went down, kicked a field goal to tie it, then won in overtime. Um, that one I can understand a little bit. Yeah, better. that didn't seem – It's got a timeout. Right. Like, get the first down, then you can kneel it. Um, this one, I saw him say something about, like, well, <clears throat> the clock got reconfigured at some point. And it's like, dude, Georgia Tech is calling timeouts and you have multiple opportunities to take another look at this clock and do the math in your head. Yeah. Of like, hmm, what is what is 40 more seconds do to this clock? What is what does the kneel down do? They snapped the ball on third down. I mean, and they were seconds. going like out of the shotgun, snapping it and like running like in the pistol. R- their RPOs, yeah. like they're, yeah. like like, <laughs> like these are the plays they were running. These sort of like high technical difficult not difficult, but I mean, ball handling plays, right? So yeah, it's it's shocking to me on a lot of levels. One that like nobody on his staff felt like they had space to be like, can we just kneel the ball? Like his. Like maybe he that's the way he runs things over there based on some tweets we've seen. It would appear that is that is a dictatorship and not a democracy. Correct. Um, If you're like if you're Mr. Van Dyke or the running back, even like at what point do you take a look and be like, well, are we sure? Like, should I maybe just fall down and say I slipped or like you know, over, overrule yeah. the play call here. Like, cause I don't know. I don't know what the punishment is for going against Mr. Mario's wishes, but uh, yeah, I mean, you like, you had six and O through six weeks gift wrapped in your lap. Yep. And all you had to do was the most basic thing in football and you decided against it. And now you cost, your players an opportunity in an undefeated season. Yeah. It's insane. It, it, Miami is paying $8 million a year for that. And, I mean, he very clearly, like, that's kind of who he is. And uh, this is what you get when you get Mario, right? He's going to recruit. He's going to stock your shelves. Um, I, think, uh, I think it was Jane Coaston tweeted, like, 
all college football head coaching interviews should put the candidate in front of a PS3 with NCAA football 14 loaded on it said, okay, you have a minute 30 left in the game. You have the lead. Your opponent has no timeouts. Win the game. Win the football game. <laughs> what do you need See to what do? they do. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jalen Milrow would short hop uh, a pass over, you know, just out, out of nowhere. Now. Make it spicy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So lastly, we'd be remiss if we didn't say congratulations to a uh, fan of the show, Miles Brubacher. That's right. Yeah, congrats. His uh, his jacket's getting off the schneid. Um, you know, evidently, if if they play good teams well, then I'm happy that they play Georgia at the end of the year. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Good luck against like you know Wake Forest and things like that. We'll we hope it works out. They already beat Wake Forest. My bad. That's what made Who the knew? Bowling Green game that much more confusing. <laughs> Inexplicable. Uh, weird. The they fired their defensive coordinator after the Bowling Green game, right? I Did think so. Bring in a new DC. Yeah. So, so <laughs> he pushed the I, right button. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter last night. Bobby Big Wheel was like apoplectic about how Miami lost. I think yes. he may have been in a similar boat as me, as where some money line parlays <laughs> fell apart. Um, <laughs> he was tweeting at Bill C. Like, how is their defense this good all of a sudden? And Bill C. said something to the effect like, well, I think there's maybe an interim DC pop going on there. Um, and then he asked, when was the last time a team with a 99.9% win yeah. expectancy lost, lost a game? Yeah. And I think there was a Houston-Memphis game two or three years ago okay. where yeah. Houston won it. Um, like this that. checks out. And I vaguely remember that game. It's probably like a Derek King special, just like some, some wild things happened. Back when... Back when Dana had things in a happy place. But. Before he made all his players randomly sit out that one year. Remember that? That was weird. Oh, yeah. Totally. Oh, the, all the, the Uber red shirt. Yeah. Oof. They all played like four games and then didn't play anymore. To keep, like, made, yeah. Preserve eligibility. This is weird stuff going on. All right. Didn't, that's a lot of jokes in Miami. Am I remembering that right? Yeah, Derek King did. And I yeah. think uh, a lot of the other ones did too. So, um, But yeah, Miami, I mean... Just quick look ahead on Miami's schedule. Things do not get easier for them. Um, they play North Carolina. They play Florida State. They play Clemson all in like their next four games, I think. So it'll be fun. Yeah, I mean, I, we'll we'll find out I, if they're like a good team. Like I, I thought they, I, I have seen them play well this year, and they have been. They seems like they've been consistent. Their offense seems like it's able to take advantage of defense. Defenses, which is not necessarily something you could say last year, and um, their defense has been fine. And like this was just a very flat performance, and they kind of like got got a little bit, but they should have won. <laughs> so it's we'll see if this is like this could be one that sticks with them a little bit um, in not a good way, especially as they head into a rough patch of the season. So yeah, I'm already terrified about that North Carolina line next week because I <laughs> yeah. like I love betting North Carolina at home, but at the same time, like I have no idea what Miami shows up. Sure. Cause I could just as easily see them being like, all right, we can still make the conference championship game, win yep. the conference championship with one loss, go to the playoff. Or oh, yeah. and all that's true. Be like, right. Bump this noise. I don't respect this big whistle at all. Yes. I am done. I am transferring immediately once the portal <laughs> opens i'm in there i got 
early bird check-in to the transfer portal. Southwest yeah. Flyers know what I'm talking about. Um, right. It contain multitudes. It, it could go so many different ways. Yeah, and Miami seems like they're in a particularly tenuous spot with with that for whatever reason. You know, they just I think any program that is like their entire thing is recruiting and NIL and stuff like that. Like I think you're you're walking a razor's edge on uh like that could really break in your favor and it could also break against you pretty quickly. So uh we'll see how it goes. Miami um at Florida in Gainesville, I think. First game next year. Oh fun. Let's Will go. Mario Cristobal be in Gainesville. <laughs> yes, immediate, yeah, yeah. immediate guesses. <laughs> yes. 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 He'll be the offensive line coach. He'll be Billy Napier's third offensive line coach uh, on the. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just done this year. We could add another one. No, no, he'll 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 be there. He's not. There's. This is, I think, just a. Um, I think this is just what happens when Mario Cristobal is your coach. Unfortunately, you have to kind of like he'll make the Rose Bowl and also he'll like cough up again to Georgia Tech like absolutely for no reason. So there's a uh, lot of like very, like. The brands of these coaches are setting in. Like uh, Spencer Hall went like just absolutely in on Jimbo last night um, yes. on the yes, forecast. Yes. Just like this is never going to get better. This is what you are with yeah. Jimbo in charge. We You're got never six going years to get on another yeah. quarterback. Like, right. and I, th- I think like yeah, this is Mario Cristobal's brand. Like this is what this is what it comes with. Like you'll get the fun recruiting and you'll get the fun other stuff and. And sometimes he'll run the ball when you have 35 seconds left and the other team hasn't done that many timeouts. And so, right. I don't know. It, it's pretty cut and dry. Well, and I think I think that's like – that is where I give a lot of credit, unfortunately, to a Nick Saban type or yeah. a even a Kirby Smart to that extent. Like, remember when, when – at early Georgia, we were making fun of them. I forget who their offensive coordinator was. But, like, it was like, ah, Georgia just seems like they're given – they're like – intentionally keeping teams in the game with this offense, right? Like they don't seem in and like eventually got out of his own way, made a great hire, you know, and kind of like, I think eschewed some of that Saban, you know, brought in Sark and brought in uh, Kiffin and, you know, really kind of like went against the grain of probably the way that he, his like paradigm through which he saw football for forever and um, saw great success from that. And then I think you have like someone like Mario Cristobal who, you would hope has learned would have like seen Saban do that and learned from that. And like appears to not have done that and like have your identity be the identity of the team. But like, if you're going to be rough, tough offensive line coaching guy, that's kind of going to play big, dumb football, then you're going to make big, dumb mistakes. And that's okay. I mean, you're going to have to live with it. Well, it's weird. Cause like uh, the vast majority, nay, I say all college coaches, like those are very proud people. Of course. But I think what separates the Kirby's and the Sabins from the rest of them and the general coaching population is there's like it's not even humility to hire a Lane Kiffin or a Sark and be like, oh fine. It's just like you cannot stand not having a chance to win the whole thing. Yes. And that like it's a survival, will, it's like survival instinct more than it is yeah, humility. Right. It's like fine. Like I, I will do the thing I didn't want to do because I know it gives me a better chance to win. Right. It's not that like, oh, I'm, I'm humble and I can, like, I can be introspective. Like, this is pure. It, it's so fascinating to watch. It is like the college football coach, ninety nine percent of the time is a very specific personality type, 
and like it's a, it, there's a lot of pride involved, but those choices aren't like, oh wow, that was so so humble of Nick to get out of his own way. Like no, he just couldn't stand just the most competitive human. Yeah, yeah. No, it was smart, right? Yeah, yeah. it was like introspective, it, it, but it was like it was smart too, and and yeah, probably absolutely. in all the same ways that you could say it was maybe a little bit of humble pie or whatever but it is funny too that like the thing that these people are very dogmatic about is like how to play football too like come on yeah like what are we doing i mean like you know texas does this whole proud texas thing and like every school in texas runs like what you would call like the softest most wide open like five wide receiver you know football in the world and you know it's like what about them they're they're kind of like figuring it out so okay we got to get through a few more games before we get to pickville here arizona was at usc this one was uh, a little. It was a little clenchy. A little clenchy for the uh, for the Trojans. Lost, lost this game. Yeah, I am angry that they won this game. <laughs> yeah, they didn't. It didn't seem to be uh, a just result. Yeah, given everything so that went they, into it, they got down seventeen nothing, uh, pretty quickly. Yes. Um, I think Arizona, too quickly. Was it too quickly? Some are saying it might have been too. They quickly. may have gotten up seventeen nothing too quickly. True, scored uh, too soon. Uh, <laughs> Arizona made a quarterback change in the middle of the season. I'm forgetting the young man's last name, but his first two career starts were against top ten opponents. And so I think it, that's it's not Jalen Delora anymore. It's, no, his uh, name his name is awesome. His name is Noah Fifita. Oh, wow! Yeah, uh, he can spin it. Um, mm-hmm. Love that. He, he makes he makes some uh ohs at times, <laughs> but. Uh, but he does it with conviction. Um, yeah, USC's defense, atrocious, as has been well documented on this podcast and other publications. Um, I watched until halftime or maybe the first series or two after half. Um, and I think what changed things, like USC, I, did, I don't recall seeing USC get a first down. Like... Arizona was playing good defense, but Caleb Williams just looked disinterested mm. and like, we're still going to win this game. Like there, it, it was so weird to watch someone get down 17, nothing and be so unbothered <laughs> and apparently disinterested. Um, I think what changed the flow of things was he started running the ball more intentionally instead of doing the like, Madden practice mode where you just scramble the quarterback and wait for the guy to get all the way into the end zone before you hook right. it down there. Um, he started running the ball more and picked up some first downs with his legs, and that opened some throws up for him, I think. But uh, th- there was a coaching decision in this game. Uh, love, love these. So we – well, USC had – first and goal in the end of regulation. Um, and they totally gacked that up. There was a bad snap on the field goal at the buzzer that would have ended the game. A hilariously um, bad snap. Would have been, could have been just, I mean, it was a disaster, but I mean. The operation was not clean. It was, as, it was such a short field goal, too. And the kicker yeah. tried to, like, scoop the kicker kick double it. clutch yeah. at the... Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, the holder had to, like, like jump up and one-hand the ball. And then, like, was, like, standing and, 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 and holding it on the ground. Yeah, bad. 
Bad scene. Yeah, so we, we go to overtime. Uh, USC scores first. They kick the extra point. Arizona matches the touchdown, and they chose to kick an extra point as well. Uh, um, yeah. Mr. Jed Fish, you, you had an opportunity there to be a legend, to be a right. hero, and you kicked the extra point. Um, Worst comes to worst, you lose, confusion which you did anyway. As to whether or not they completely knew the overtime rules, like I think in his post-game presser, he said something to the effect like, well, I would have made the same decision had I known. <laughs> it's like, had you known? Like, what is going on in your head? When we, like, surely you have a quality control analyst. Had who is you like, known? Right. Just, just like... <laughs> it's fascinating. <coughs> there just are... example 838,000 that college football gives you that like rich people are not smart. Yeah, just because just, someone has money does not make them smart. They just really, really liked football, and you know, their dad probably was a, a coach. Yeah, their dad was in the game, in the industry. So anyway, USC is still undefeated. Um, they fell in the rankings. Pretty good. The defense, I like. It's so bad, like it is a carbon copy of what watching Oklahoma defenses were like when Lincoln yeah. was there. Like yeah. I don't. I think my theory is that they probably don't practice tackling because they want to protect their skill position players so much because Lincoln's like hands off my offensive toys. So the guys just don't get to tackle in practice and it shows. Yeah. I mean, and, and you colored that with like how Oklahoma's defense looks now, yeah. like one year later with ostensibly probably at least half the same people running around out there. Um, Bring in the lumber. Uh, all right. So, yeah. All over the place. We'll get to that shortly. We will. Okay. Colorado at Arizona State. Colorado kind of slipped through the cracks this weekend. Um, there's a lot of things going on. Arizona State, I think, had a chance in this game numerous times to win it. Um, and they did not. Colorado got a field goal at the end. We had Shader Sanders uh, finding his watch, putting it on, and then flexing it in front of the Arizona State student section, which, I listen, I mean, I'm here for it. The, the content is tremendous. Not not my favorite look, uh, but uh, the content is tremendous for sure. Um, I just kind of think the flexing the watch is a little – it's just a, like a teeny bit lame. Um, it's a little tacky. It's a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, right. Like they're, I'm not, they're, Do either of you guys even wear watches? No. no. But I wear a Fitbit. That's it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been no, – no like, I've, I've I'm worn like a, like a Nixon like a Tide watch. Yeah, but not like anything north of like a hundred dollars. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I'm just I, not a watch guy. I've been my 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 dad's not really like a big watch guy, so like that was just not like a thing. Like I me. can see why it's appealing, and like, sure, especially if you've got money. Like, oh, that that could be something, but um, it's just jewelry. Yeah, like I I would rather waste money on golf clubs and golf That's stuff, right. or like the money that people are paying for these watches, like. You have a cool car too. Well, and it's what I mean. This we're getting into the lifestyle vein of this podcast, but <laughs> clearly, like, clearly, some real lifestyle it's, influencers. It's, it's kind of like logos to a degree, where it's like, you know, you wear those things and you want it to be. You probably want it to be noticed and appreciated at some time. Sure, but at the same point, like, you can't go out of your way 
to shit like hey look at this hey like right do you see this sick watch i'm wearing like because then you're just a weirdo yes yeah yeah you would think i mean i don't know i'm not a youth so i don't know what the what the game is like but um maybe there's been a resurgence of watch culture that i have been uh unaware of but well you know dr colin smith probably is a watch guy we'll ask him what he thinks We'll get him to phone in yeah, next week. Right. One last thing on the watch topic. There are there are some guys who do the like Instagram reels of the like disassemble completely the Rolex or whatever for yes. like microscopic cleaning. And I watch those every time. Like, <laughs> those are awesome. That content is awesome. I will watch you put 18 in front of those in of those in front of me and I will watch all 18. An hour. Right. You'll just you'll kill an hour. It'll just oh, be a good easy, <laughs> easy, <laughs> so easy. Uh, uh, I was gonna say we should talk about TCU and and Iowa State, but TCU just seems to be roundly broken. Um, yep. Not really sure what's going on with TCU. Iowa State's no good either. Um, curious how TCU. Iowa State had some sick throwbacks this weekend though, didn't they? I heard they were going like full Winnie the Pooh style. Yeah, they they appear. They looked uh, when viewed. You know, from a somewhat pixelated camera, but kind of in the right light. That um, yeah, they they appeared to be just fully pantsless. Just oh, this is like the Dan Orlovsky pants he was wearing in London last weekend. Yeah, did you exact same, that? exact same thing. Jordan, did oh, you see yeah. those pictures? Oh, it was so funny. Freaking, just looking like he was just sitting there, pure flesh-colored pants, just shaved legs, sans bottoms, sans yeah. bottoms, shorn legs. Orlowski strikes me as a guy that maybe dabbles in some weirdness in the in the pantal region. Pantal. We should Jordan, take, Jordan, Jordan take us take us to Pickville. Uh, before we go to Pickville, Cheer. real quick, uh, Wake Forest Clemson. I I tagged that as a maybe keep an eye on it because the line was a little bigger than maybe it should have been. Oh yeah, you're uh, right. That was a stinker of a game. It's like fifteen to twelve or something. Seventeen twelve. Ugh. The claw fence needs maybe some new spark plugs and <laughs> wires. Um, that was a tough scene to watch. Also, like Clemson's defense looked good, yes, which is encouraging for them. Um, Clubdick still misses some open throws with like yeah. regularity. He seems to not be awesome. But I, I think I remember awesome. saying the same thing about Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he turned out okay. I don't think Cade Clublink's in that league, though. No. Clublink was on the, the team last year, too. I mean, this is like, it's not like he's new to like practice and well, program and stuff. Yeah, Sorry, he played in the ACC champ. I think he started the ACC championship game against North Carolina. Yeah. But anyhow, uh, I, I just want to give credit to me for pointing that out ahead of time and for watching that entire game. Sure. Well. Um, I'll, I'll accept my purple heart in the mail or be a FedEx, USPS, UPS, DHL, any, <laughs> any of the uh, mannerisms. You the okay, number. let's go to Pickville. We had two nooners. The first was the Red River Rivalry. Um, oh, banger of the game. It but was awesome. Such a good potentially so game of fun. the day. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. Game of the day. Yeah. It was that was fun. It was a lot of fun. Dudes were the pads were cracking. I was gonna Early. say it wasn't even like you know, there were some some Red River rivalries in the past of like 
where just no defense was being played or something like yeah, that. And like that's all well and good. Stink. Say <laughs> so what? I was gonna say, like years past, you could clearly tell, like, oh, these defenses stink. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh that was not the case with this game. It just got no. buck wild in a very, like, very talented way. Uh Oh, it immediately was just like it was a very chaotic first quarter. It took yeah. like an hour and twenty minutes to play the first quarter. Yeah, with only two touchdowns. Yes, and one of them was a. I mean, Texas got a blocked kick touchdown. Texas threw a terrible interception. Like, in the, like at least one horrific interception. Yeah. yeah, multiple. Um, Oklahoma's defense looked really, really good. They were able to kind of like affect the pocket very well yeah. um, without like, I mean, they, they, they've got some sacks, but didn't have like, you know, 12 sacks or anything like that. It was, it was a really impressive performance. Their DB stayed close. I mean, they seem to just kind of have Texas sniffed out a little bit, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, it I think like they... a Venables like masterclass on like, he kind of knew yeah. where the safety valves were for Texas's offense. And um, I think that like made it really difficult for Texas. Quinn Ewers did not look comfortable for a millisecond of this game, um, I don't think. Yeah, and, he seemed a little shook. Uh, yeah, and I think there was there was like a little bit of pressure, but it was, uh, you know, and Venables has kind of done this for years, and we all kind of get eye-rolly about it because it's just so much praise is lavished upon him when he's doing it with like 13 five-stars at Clemson. But, like, he does a very good job of, like, making you think the defense is one thing and then changing it, and you could almost kind of see Quinn Ewers in the pocket. Quinn Ewers is a very good quarterback, Kind of had to reset, like at the end of every drop back, and be like, "Oh, oh it's nope. not too high." It's yeah, just, yeah like three yeah, D. So, yeah. Um, I I think yeah that that's a big deal, um, especially to an Oklahoma team that has watched that defense for the last five years. Like they were pretty awful for a while, as evidenced by the action out in Los Angeles now. But um, yeah, just a super, a very very fun game, um, decided by two. Two scores in the final 77 seconds, which is very fun, um, including a, the clip resurfaced today, and I didn't, um, I didn't notice it when it happened. But on the on the game-winning touchdown pass, the left tackle for Oklahoma blocked two guys. He blocked the defensive end, then he blocked the backer coming around the back, just like full arms out, like holding on desperately for like, like a second long enough. So why you do those off. chest flies? Thou yeah. shalt not pass. That, that peck deck came in handy. That was a sick like move that he made in the pocket too. Like he like ducked down and like stepped yeah. up, and I think it froze that underneath corner just long enough for him to like flick it over him. That was yeah. really cool. Shout out to Dylan Gabriel. He was awesome. He looked great. He looks really good. He also like he does the Tommy Reese thing where he is maximizing like not a very strong arm. Who was the who was the yeah. Washington quarterback a couple of years ago? Jake something that when they went to the playoff like. Remember, everyone was like, oh, he just like doesn't have a very strong Jay arm. Kaner? No, 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 no. Sweet Jake Kaner. That was our boy from uh, Jake first Browning. Time, I think. Um, Jake Browning, yes, um, was the Washington quarterback. And like, I, it's similarly, but just like some of those long throws to the sideline, yeah. like just got by, like put on a dime. DBs. Yeah. Like, I mean, he put him on the money. Uh, he looks really good. He ran for like 130 yards in this game or 120 yards in this game. Um, I was really surprised by that game plan. Like they were using that quarterback draw a lot. And I think it kind of neutralized some of the Texas, like pass rush, yep. ferocious yeah. front seven thing. They used it on third down a lot too, though, which yeah. I thought was like very like cheeky of them to do. Um, 
you know, and it's like one of those Ryan things. Day, if Ryan Day had done that, Jordan would have said it was a soft call. And then he I thought it was funny because, like, the QB draw, the QB draw on third down is like a very mocked play, and like, but when you scoot for eight yards and pick it up, it works out. And yeah, so, they did it a handful of times. I was, loved watching Brennan Armstrong do it when he was. Oh gosh. Yeah, because he wasn't throwing it, which is generally He's protecting the ball. <laughs> um, um, we got to say we got to talk about that fourth that uh, that goal line stand that the Oklahoma defense made oof. in the first half too. That was big boy. Well, I mean, Ewers also threw a pick down in the end zone. What did you say? Ewers threw a pick in the end zone too, yeah. didn't he? Oh, he did yeah. the same stand or a different? One? No, this is a different one. They I, they yeah. had first and goal from the one yard line, and uh, they ran a couple i mean they they ran a play stuffed stoned they threw a pass stoned they they ran the they tried to run the little like um quick flare pass to the wide receiver that's like cutting under the guy that's supposed to block for him so he gets like a like all he needs to do is fall forward and the db i mean there was a collision at like the, at the one inch yep. line did not get into the end zone I mean, it was as impressive a four play run as you can i mean I think that there were some 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 Ryan Dayish uh, calls made by Texas there. Like they they probably could have gone Maryland eye and like tried to ram it in at least once. They outsmarted themselves a little bit. Certainly, um, but I mean, yeah, really really strong performance. And uh, I mean, they Texas even brought in like their their giant defensive tackle to play blocking fullback. And I mean. Dude, oh, he got his dude, guy, dude. Yeah, he got his guy, but the other dude came in and ate a block up. And I mean, it was, I don't know. It was just like, it was a high quality football game. I didn't feel like it was like, you know, track meet. Um, there was a lot of like high leverage situations, you know, lead changes late. It was good. It had everything you wanted to, uh, a tremendous crowd situation going on. Um, yeah. Loved it. It was really fun. Good for Oklahoma. We'll probably yeah, I, get this game again. I'm thinking. Yeah, I think so. I feel like this is the pretty clear Big 12 championship game. So. I think it's going to be tough to like match what we saw oh, yesterday as well. Well, I think it'll but, it'll also be like there's there's World Cup final syndrome when you get to that point of like everybody plays not to lose rather than to win whereas I mean yesterday those coaches were playing to freaking win. They were busting out fake punts and uh yeah. including the the direct I always like the fake punt is always fun. The direct snap to the up back is the best form of the fake punt because <laughs> it's it like it just it, it gets cut off so abruptly and your brain clicks in and registers what's happening. Oh, I, like, I will, I uh, will so say the the rugby punt that the guy's like rolls to the right and then gets to like oh, make, make the call and if he gets to keep running and then just like <laughs> <an option. laughs> the punter the punter read fake punt. Yeah, that's yes, that's that's that good is one. Really fun. the Vikings ran a fake punt today where they snapped it to one of the up men but had him handed off to the opposite up man yes and that was dope tony romo like in the booth his head clicked and he was like oh man you're gonna see so many like plays off of that like because you can do like you can do a read option with two up men on a fake punt and that's gonna be sick love this i hope we're i hope we're living in the early stages of the fake punt revolution that's what i hope yeah so (laughs) yeah i mean you think now boys with all the the like left-footed australian like punters that like run around and stuff like they there's there's a lot of opportunity for things to get weird we are we are buying low on fake punts in the next five years 
The one that I hate though is the um, punter just gets to be the quarterback like thirty yes. yards in the backfield. No one, no one needs to see like, like the, uh, the slow pivot and like yeah, like Ingle Martin, <laughs> just like yeah. the really cock one just back. Uncle Rico, it just looks down. very <laughs> looks very Tom Amansky back there, like fifteen yards behind the line of scrimmage. <laughs> Not a fan. All right, well, uh, Oklahoma does the damn thing, and yeah. at this point, why not Oklahoma? You know, sure, might as well. May not even be playing their best quarterback, allegedly. So, <laughs> who, who can say? I guess we'll find out if Dylan Gabriel is still the quarterback when these two teams meet again yeah. in the conference championship. Our second nooner of the day: LSU at Missouri. Guys, this was tough. <laughs> I so, made the right call. I was about to ask, like, you want to talk about this? Or? This may have been one of the worst beats I've had. <laughs> in our spreadsheet in a long time. Yeah, I think that's right. And I, like, so game story up to the fourth quarter. Mizzou I watched the very middle of this game. I just Mizzou know what's putting it on them. Mizzou was giving it to them, but they, they never, were they, they were not ever able to, like, really push it into, like, the garbage time zone, and they needed yeah. that because, like, yes, you could see did. LSU was – Lurking, and they were kind of chipping away at the lead. They needed and one more score. Daniels is like get LSU to quit, and they yes, just couldn't yes, get yeah, exactly. That's well said. Yes. Um. So we get to the fourth quarter. LSU scores late to go up. Uh, three. Yep. Forty-two, thirty-nine. I've still got the cover in the bag at this point. Um, <laughs> Missouri gets the ball on their five-yard line. I almost texted you. Like I was typing it up. Okay, please no pick sixes. And then I like I deleted it. I was like, I don't want my text to be what does used this. against me in the court of public opinion. <laughs> sure enough, just old buddy drops back and just lobs one. Does not see the dropping coverage man who picks it off, runs it back in for the score. Um, LSU won and they covered after. Ellis, uh, Ryan Kelly made a horrendous dad joke at the podium earlier yes. this week. Yes, he did. Um, Columbia Jackets in Columbia, Missouri. Oof. Just a real personable guy, that Brian <laughs> Kelly. The, the um, fact that anytime you have to circle back around and say, like, that was a joke. Return then, to the mic and explain the joke. And then you still don't get even a chuckle from, like, when the he, people he in, the, on like, Earth who are, like, like, stink face yes. at everybody, too, after he explained it. Like I'm, guess, I'm guessing that's his move. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he does a lot of dismissive stink face. Yeah. Um, LSU's so defense kind of looked better in the second half of this game i i think i think missouri has some limitations i don't think their quarterback is like plus plus um i don't think this was the best luther burden game i told you guys to watch for luther burden he's really good they use him in a lot of different ways but um i don't think this was the best performance there but yeah i mean it was just a, a kind of a classic case of like talented team hanging around and hanging around and then you know eventually some things kind of went their way uh, a super tough performance from Jane Daniels, uh, must say. Um, great sideline hair out of him, also. Yes. Side note, he disappeared into the tent for a while after he just got absolutely speared in the end zone um, after scoring a rushing touchdown and like probably broke or bruised some ribs or something along those lines. He looked like he was in a lot of pain um, and was still out there just doing Jane Daniels things, running careening wildly um and completing I said this last also episode completing passes. so eerily similar to like jordan travis's first year 
at Florida State of just yeah, that's getting a good point. bounced all over the place. Yeah, just really looks like he can, for such a good athlete, like that can really get out and run fast, just gets just hammered uh, a lot. So, um, but yeah, I, I guess good for LSU. I, I just think that, I, I listen, I don't think that the comparisons to like the, the post SEC championship game appearance, McElwain into Mullen Florida years is, is that far off at this point, based on what they're putting out on the field, really, really good offenses and defenses that are um, just gaping at this point um, with a lot of talent, who, which is strange. Who is their defensive coordinator right now? Um, is it Mike Denbrock or he might be okay. their offensive coordinator, their defensive coordinator. I think it's a guy who came with Kelly. Their, I, no, Denbrock is the OC. Denbrock's the OC because he was Cincinnati's OC. Okay. And my follow-up question, what is Todd Grantham up to? He's an analyst for Alabama, remember? Okay. So, listen, I, I would love nothing more. Two, just a couple of peas in a pod there. To link up Todd B- Grantham. BK and TG. Oh, gosh. The, well, the BLLs in the parking it, it lot. Would be a, it would be a bad day to be a Bud Light Lime, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Oh, I do know what you're saying, brother. Uh, 3.30 p.m. We went to the ACC. Virginia Tech was at Florida State. Oof. I didn't watch much of this, guys. I'm hand up. Listen, didn't, didn't watch nothing but much. respect to my Hokies. Uh, <laughs> I, gotta, I, I must say, long supporter of the Hokies. Um, I don't really trust Florida State to cover any of these massive spreads. They do, like, way too much generic like weird lulls in games um they're really good i I think we all agree florida state really good um but they don't seem to be focused maybe that's the word i was was (laughs) about to say that's pretty much exactly what happens like they came out the first quarter and just yes like blew virginia tech off the field (laughs) right Um, went for two on the first touchdown for some reason a lot of teams are doing that now there must be some analytics thing going there um, anyways, the new algorithm just dropped. We're going for two. So ran up, ran up a twenty-two nothing lead in less than fourteen minutes, and then kind of seemed to take the next fifteen minutes off. Yeah. Um, and Virginia Tech moved the ball all right, and don't let VPI get hot. Is what yeah, that's, I mean, what that's what I've said. They uh, they <laughs> cut it cut it to twenty-two ten at halftime, and then Virginia Tech ran the opening kickoff of the second half back ninety-nine yards for a touch. And that's when I started paying attention. And then it was like, like oh, it was a five it was a five point game, and then uh, Florida State two plays later had like a sixty-two yard run, and that yeah, was that. I started but, texting you guys, and then I was like, oh, yeah. oh, oh, put yeah. the brakes, retract, <laughs> retract, never mind, everybody look away, yeah. um, redacted. But yeah, uh, yeah, I just, you know, Florida State kind of farts around with these. Keep an eye on that. There may be some value there. They yeah, do get to play, they do, you know, they do get to play Miami on the first weekend of November. So keep, keep some eyes out for some second half lines, maybe. Start betting Florida State first quarter, too. <laughs> maybe there's value there. There you go. That's true. They have some absolute dudes at receiver, though. Good for them. Uh, Johnny Wilson got hurt in this game, I oh. think. Left with an injury, I believe. We'll keep an eye on that as well. Uh, Seven o'clock came around. The Kentucky Wildcats did not. Georgia. They're good. They took the day off. They're all set. Thanks. Yeah. It's easy to make uh, Florida. Also, shout out to us. The consensus is on a two-game win streak. That's right. Yeah, this was like stealing right here. You, you, You could not tell me 
that a team that is worse at every position than Georgia and tries to do things exactly the way Georgia does is going to is going to make any sort of hay. Like it's just, I mean, you you're you, you can't you can't do it. And they don't even really, they do not give less of a dang. They don't care at all. Yeah, I um just really would love Mark Stoops to take his program building skills elsewhere. He's killing me. <laughs> So there, there was a thought I had. Do we think Mark Stoops would leave Kentucky for Michigan State? I think he might, but he already, dude. He gets paid. He's like the sixth dude, or fifth highest paid guy yeah. in the nation. He makes like eight and a half million at, at Kentucky. Yeah, and like so, he's like, never so going to fire to Kentucky. Can make money there, but I think like at a you, certain point he's got to realize it's like, maxed I've out. Maxed it's maxed out. out. Yes. It, um, yeah, it, it depends. Like you can you can make the playoff at Michigan State. You can't at Kentucky. And I kind of feel like I mean Michigan State. Like it would be sort of a go back to D'Antonio type, like developer of, of men and, and trench and trench play kind of move. And I don't think, I, I think it would be like philosophically a good fit. I don't know if it would, I don't know if he would win the press conference, but um, I would love, you know, I would love that for him and his family. So I, I just think that, um, yeah, he's an, a name that I actually, he's, he's like, aren't they from like Ohio? I think the Stoopses are from like nominally the Midwest. So, I think there could that be some connections there, but I mean, overstate. in theory, Kentucky is like kind of in there too. I always had to sort of like lose track of where Kentucky is because it's like well, oh, bridges so Indiana and Ohio. Yeah, yeah. Like it's right next to Virginia, but it's also right next to Ohio. Very B one G schools. Yeah, like Cincinnati and Louisville are like really close together, aren't they? Yeah, like right across the river. There's a little triangle there. Wow, what's the other one? Uh, Indiana is the third state. Oh, well, we all three of those in in the span of four days. Uh, this is like that's, that's an right. interesting knowledge to pull out, Jordan, and then it clicked. And why you do that? <laughs> I think yeah, Indiana. See, I would not have thought that Indiana was right there, but oh, it is. <laughs> no, it's Illinois. Sorry, is it? I think it's. I think in, I did I think... Ohio, Illinois. Kentucky on the same trip, and this I flew the, into Louisville. I love when we devolve into geography. Geography this pod. Is lifestyle. It's a lifestyle <laughs> podcast. No, it's the triangles: Ohio, Indiana, and Kentucky. Yeah, it's Indiana. Illinois is on the other side of Indiana. Yeah, Kentucky, Indiana is like to the north. Oh, now I know what I did. I fished Kentucky, Indiana, Illinois. Down there at the end, that makes and sense. And I did Ohio and Michigan on the same trip. Hmm. Now it's coming back to me. Got it. The state up north. Well, congrats to Georgia. Yeah, you guys were awesome. They were great. Good for them. I saw like some guy, SEC stat cat or whatever, was like a lot of credit to Kentucky. They're still fighting. And I looked at this, of course, like thirty-one to thirteen. Like, <laughs> I mean, it was just like an absolute whitewashing. It's like they got like an interception after um, Beck. I think had thrown his third touchdown pass and. Dude, Beck had a game. He had a really good game. Yeah, he was um, not missing the open throws. He they had against Auburn. They had it cooking. So good for good for them. Um, he, you know, oh. K- K- Kentucky's gonna fart around the rest of this year. They're gonna lose to Tennessee. There's gonna be some like they're gonna they're gonna like barely beat Vanderbilt by like six points or some some BS. <laughs> and like there's just gonna the outlier game for them this year is gonna be the fact that they blew Florida off the field. It's it's crazy. It's crazy to me they do this. They barely beat Ball State. They fart around with Ball State. I mean, come on. Anyhow. I'm upset. I'm upset, man. You really need Mark Stoops to leave. <laughs> he's, he's living rent-free in my head. Yes. Gets you down bad. I, I respect it. 
Well, it's because Florida is now trying to do this thing where they're also trying to do the same thing that Georgia does, which is like, you yeah. know, I just, it's, it's a, it's a fool's errand. I it's think it's for voting for sure. Yeah. Yes. So it's like, congratulations. If we get Mark Stoops out of there, then we can become Kentucky. Cool. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Sign me up. So the last thing I have, uh, we mentioned Carson Beck, not missing throws. He had a string of uh, 11 or 12 consecutive completions, I think. And the common color commentators, said something like, oh, he's nearing the record of 15. Oh. But I believe, shout out, he did not name the name of the man who holds the record, who is our sweet prince, Grayson Lambert. I believe Grayson Lambert's record was 20 consecutive yeah. completions. He had a 24 for 25 performance. Man. Um, shout out to the prince. Respect. <laughs> a legend. A legend in the po- in podcast. A legend lore. in so many ways. Um, all right, final game of the night. Notre Dame is at Louisville. I told you guys the slice was going to be hot, dude. The slice was super hot. Yes, it was. The grease was bubbling. The edges were crispy. That's right. The, the crust was stuffed. Some some were saying, no, I don't know. Notre uh, Dame looked a little tired. Notre Dame looks a little sleepy. They look like they can really only operate their offense in like the middle third of the field. Yeah. And if they can't like ram passes to like these bulldozer tight ends that they have, then they really struggle to like, I think create space so that they can then ram passes to uh, the receiver named Rico, who seems to be the only guy who catches passes. And I just remember he got hurt by the way in the game, which is unfortunate, but yeah, good call Jordan. They look a little tired. Uh, Louisville, looked awesome actually like they looked really good joe tess was living the dream last night too that guy he he i mean he it was awesome i love joe tess on the call but like i like i i just i can't get enough but he he was just like soaking in the atmosphere he was hyping everything up so much jeff brom has the 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 prodigal prodigal son this is why he came home to do this to deliver this kind of atmosphere it it was awesome i loved it um handsome sam always uh always handsome on the screen but uh yeah notre dame they kind of like Really struggled to run the ball. Louisville was very disruptive up front the whole game. Um, lit lit Sam up pretty good. Um, I don't know. Louisville kind of just like pulled away in the second half and turned this into a bit of a boat race. I mean, to be honest, Louisville should have scored at least one more time in the first half. And I mean, this would have been even more lopsided. I was a little surprised that they jumped on Notre Dame as much as they did. Notre Dame's defense is good. Kept them in the game somewhat, yeah. but they just really struggled to kind of like they they struggled to not unlike some other teams that maybe we're fans of on the podcast, they struggle. Notre Dame struggles to like take it to or make, take advantage of other teams defenses. They kind of have a very specific thing they need to do uh, to find success. And they're, they're not finding it right now. Got to be more dynamic. Bingo. Um, Multiple. You know, who, even. you know who looked awesome? Louisville's defense. Yes. Like they, they just plowed defensive linemen on stunts and through gaps all night. And, Handsome Sam did not enjoy himself. And yeah, there's some highly rated Notre Dame offensive linemen that had some bad tape last night. They, they did not enjoy themselves. Um, Ron English, the defensive coordinator at Louisville, had it dialed up. They kept like cutting to him in the booth, and like you couldn't see his face. It was just a, yeah, a, a just, silhouette yeah. of like a, like a <laughs> Sith Lord. Yeah, he looked like a Sith. He was like, the You're my man, man yeah. engaging eight all night long. Did not have a problem. Um, um 
But yeah, I this game was probably closer than it seemed. Um, like because Louisville Louisville scored early early in the fourth to go up 24-13. And uh then I don't I don't remember which of the next three drives was Notre Dame getting buck wild with like a fourth and thirteen in their own territory. Um, oh, yeah. That seemed a little early. That did seem a so touch early. <laughs> they, they turned the ball over. They turned the ball over on downs three straight drives in their own territory. And then Louisville went three plays and kicked a field goal. So they scored they scored nine points on field goals just in that little stretch of like five minutes. And so uh not quite as it, it got boat racy, but for weird reasons. Um, not because Louisville was like sprinting for 70 yard gains or anything like that. Sure. Um, but Gosh, Louisville's defense looked super fun and chaotic. Yeah, they turned them over. I mean, I think there was five turnovers in the game, right? Did they get five, four or five? Uh, um, Notre Dame turned the ball over five times, yeah. Yeah, that's too many. So too you're, many times. You're going to lose uh, usually when that happens. But, uh, um, yeah, uh, Katie George was in the building. She's from Louisville, and she was doing the sideline stuff, and she interviewed – uh brahm like amongst the scrum of students and everything after the game it was actually like kind of a cool scene um she you could tell like she was like she like couldn't wipe the smile off her face like she was like so happy and it was like i don't know i just it was like a very charming moment right to like see that Um, when you have ultra when you have joe tess in the booth like she made a like a bourbon reference right at the end and uh and joe tess (laughs) again just saw his opportunity and was like if there was any doubt where katie george was born and raised make it a double <laughs> just like oh man it is like signing off was, it was so good i just i i can't I, the man is is a master of his craft speaking of masters of his craft we should also mention that stephen a smith was getting some acc network work this weekend um yeah i heard he looked resplendent uh he was on- wearing an all like <laughs> i want to say periwinkle but yes. i might be off on a little bit but like it was a it was one of those like monotone suits. Love where it. Everything is the same color. Oh. Like like a sophomore in high school would take <laughs> homecoming or something. But he pulled it off the way a sophomore in high school could not. Right, um, right. But I had one Triple. of my one of my panels up and it was on ACC network because I was just gonna keep an eye on Miami, Georgia Tech. And they were in the the changeover. So before the game. They've got like your ACC network characters, and then Stephen A. Smith just shows up with like EJ and, uh, and EJ, uh, one of the Hasselbecks, probably the other Hasselbeck. Yeah, there, there was a guy who played a line at Clemson once upon a time, I think. Um, and then uh, Edger and James popped by the desk. Great to see him. I think I think great. the ACC Nation show was in Miami this week and right so that that had to be why how they got Stephen a there they're like hey you want to go to miami and he was probably down yeah the desk the desk was on site at the hard love it shout out to him man he like he is a workhorse they are 45 carries a game running back (laughs) they are ringing every one of this eight million dollars a year out of him that's for sure they're getting way more return on eight million dollars than miami is out of mario cristobal all right, so um, who's more of a playoff threat to you guys, Oklahoma or Louisville? Uh, Oklahoma. Well, say uh, that. I'm still going to say Oklahoma. Um, now, you I can convince me that Louisville, Louisville has an easier road. Jack, Jack Plummer is going to be slicing them up. 
What'd you say, Jordan? I think Louisville has the more favorable path to get that's, there. That's what I was going to say. You could yeah. talk me into them having the easier road. But I that being said, it was pretty light. Down yeah, the still, they still they have to play, play Kentucky. They do have to play Kentucky. They do have to play Duke. They have to go to Miami. They have to host Kentucky. All three of those could be very easy oh, or yeah. very tough. That's another one of the Miami ones that does not bode well, given. Yeah. yeah. Getting to host Kentucky is good. Uh, when is the Miami game? This the week before Kentucky, second to last week of the season. Well, Miami will probably have tapped out. There's, there's a very real <laughs> chance. Miami that, will, be reeling, I mean. will be reeling from getting just blitzkrieged by Florida State and Clemson and North Carolina all, uh, after losing to Georgia Tech. All three of those games could be quite easy or very difficult. And Miami so, could be fighting for bowl eligibility, actually, so they might be desperate. They might be <laughs> against the ribs. <laughs> Just kidding. According according to Miami fans, they don't actually want to make bowl games because their coach is focused on recruiting. This this was told to me. This was told to me last year. To be fair, in terms of easier path, here is Oklahoma's remaining schedule. Uh, They have a bye this week. Easy, easy. UCF, (laughs) at Kansas, at Oklahoma State, home West Virginia, at BYU, home TCU. Okay, Oklahoma State. I want to say, like, I watched them play. Uh, it's at Oklahoma State, you said? Yeah. That's going to be fun. Like, Oklahoma State looked good on, uh, what was it, Thursday or Friday night? So we might get a little uh, a little return to Bedlam action. The no last problem. This will be the last Bedlam. Man. Oh, yeah. I think Alex Kirshner referred to this game as potentially one of the most potentially one of the most toxic atmospheres in college football yeah. history. It's probably right. <laughs> so, he's like, it's going to be all time level stuff. It's going to be tremendous. <laughs> potentially one of the most toxic atmospheres in the history of the sport. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I Which think we'll, a lot. we'll have to tune. Yeah, we'll have no. to tune into that one. Now, Oklahoma would then probably have to beat Texas again to make the playoff. But yeah. It's hard beating a team twice. Sure, it is. Maybe Jackson Arnold will lead the uh, lead the Sooners to victory. He'll have the sticks by then. Um, let's see. ACC did away with divisions, so it'd just be what they so North Carolina probably. Well, when they play Florida State. Oh, maybe. Yeah, unless Florida State trips over themselves one of these <laughs> games. Didn't I? Didn't I read a tweet today that? Um, Florida State's got to play Clemson. I think Louisville, North Carolina, and Florida State, none of them play each other, so they can all go undefeated the rest of the way. Oh, man. Sick. So That's like that's like a sicko mode, um, that's, coastal roulette or whatever. Say, this, is what, this is what happens when you kill the coastal. They'll, they'll find a way. You, Life finds a way. Two teams, two ACC teams into the playoff. That's oh how you do it. It's just ACC out here playing chess. Georgia – uh, has like a combined score in their two games of like 119 yeah. to 13, <laughs> <laughs> the least fun ever. But yeah, all right, let's wrap. Let's wrap it up. Yeah. This is hey, this has been good energy tonight, boys. Must yeah. say, we're really hitting yeah. our stride. The season is the season is upon us. It's um, conference season. We don't mess around the, anymore. The games are the games are getting fun. Hey, Florida goes into the sandstorm next weekend, guys. Get excited for another edition of. Road Billy Napier and the Gators next weekend. All right. So just just warn yourselves in case that one shows up on the picks. All right. Just a little just a little nugget for you. It probably well, won't, uh, but real quick. Case. Do we wanna do we want Logan to try to guess that line? Oh, I already saw I already saw one. Okay, never mind then. But it's South Carolina minus three and a half. 
which I don't love. <laughs> so <laughs> give me the Gators early call on that one. I like a little early sprinkle on the Gators there. Why? Why is South Carolina favorite against anybody? Are they coming off a bye? I, I feel like they didn't play this week. That rings a bell. I didn't see any snippy Coach Shane video clips, <laughs> so I'm assuming they were on a bye. <laughs> it's probably true. <clears throat> he does Let his best work. Take Not on the field, again. turns out. This will be the last thing we do. Let's hear it. Yeah, let's cap it off with... Uh... With South Carolina schedule talk. <laughs> that is last one, kid. Uh, they were on a bye. Yes, they they got a week off after getting waxed in Knoxville. Who do they play after Florida? Uh, I was looking at the matchup. That's on me. They play Georgia, 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 Georgia. Nobody. They already played Georgia. Oh, um, they go to Missouri, and then they go to Texas A&M. Weird. Weird, weird run there for them. Um, Napier had a funny, like, after the game, he was being asked, you know, doing his Billy Napier thing, like, you know, you know, every game is an opportunity for just, you know, to, to, to grow to, as young to, men. to grow as young men and develop as the team that we want to become. And we have a long way to go and there's a lot of things to clean up. He's doing all the, the all the things. And then he was like, next week we have an opportunity to go to South Carolina and they have a tremendous venue. <laughs> It's just like it was such a weird observation that they that, that was the Columbus. thing. He, that was the thing he had. Uh, it is Columbia, isn't it? Columbia. Oh, yeah, it is Columbia. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was just they. They have a tremendous venue. It's like I mean, yeah, I guess it is. Sure. Yeah, it's nice. It's, it's a cool they have stadium. a central heating and cooling system. In they the, have in they the have stadium. crazy lights at that stadium. That stadium is pretty cool. So yeah. All right, that is enough. Thank you for sticking with us this long, for joining us on the Wheel Route Podcast. It's the Wheel Route Podcast. As mentioned, we're on Instagram at Wheel Route Podcast. Send us emails. Wheel Route Podcast at gmail.com. Go to thewheelroute.com. It's a website. You can stream the show. You can um, see the whole show library, actually, if you want to go listen to old episodes, <laughs> rekindle the fires of yesteryear. Uh, you can also see the pics there. And uh, it would be nice if you checked it out. Until we meet again. We love you. Go Gators. Go Hoos. Go Dukes. Go Dukes.